0: You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, episode 163 How to Achieve Any Goal. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30 minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. A new year, and many of us are probably thinking about goals and how we can achieve a total life makeover in 2021. (laughs) Especially with 2020 being the tough year that it was in so many ways, I know that I am craving a fresh start and that deeper sense of control that I feel at the beginning of a new year. This will be the year that I become who I am meant to be, right? But underneath that enthusiasm, there's also that little pessimistic, some might argue realistic, voice saying you didn't revolutionize your existence last year, and you're probably not going to this year either. You never actually achieve all these new year's goals, so why do you even bother? Today on the podcast, we have a special guest who's going to teach us how to achieve any goal, yes, any goal, but her process may not be what you were expecting. Jen Kane is a life coach and business coach who is passionate about helping women go after their dreams and ambitions. A defining moment for Jen was when her fourth baby was life-flighted for emergency surgery for an undiagnosed heart defect. She realized then that playing small doesn't keep us safe, and she decided it was time to start living the life of her dreams right now. In the process, she became an expert at helping people get to the root cause of why they aren't creating the results they want to see in their lives and helping them take action. Jen has become a dear friend of mine via the internet the past few years, and I'm so excited to learn from her and share this conversation with all of you. But first, a few quick announcements, and I want to say up front how grateful I am that you listen to these each week. These announcements of companies that I'm working with and projects that I'm working on are what makes 3 30 feasible for me and my family, and your support means so much. I'm extremely careful about the sponsorships I choose to take on, and I only share companies that I truly believe will bless your motherhood and make it more meaningful, manageable, and fun. I'm excited to share two of those companies with you today. First, I want to wrap up 2020 by reminding you about last month's sponsor, I Believe in Me. This online membership community for girls ages 11 to 14 would be a perfect way for your middle school-aged daughter to start the new year. In the program, they have weekly lessons about topics such as goal setting, morning and evening routines, friendshipping, confidence, study skills, and more. The goal of the I Believe in Me program is to help middle school age girls build strong hearts and strong minds. So if this is something you think your daughter or granddaughter would love, go to 3 and 30 podcastcom slash I Believe in Me to learn more. And many thanks to this amazing company for supporting the podcast in December. Now I want to introduce you to this month's sponsor, which is one you're probably familiar with by now, as they were a key sponsor of 3 and 30 in 2020, and they will continue to be in 2021. And that is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest provider of counseling done 100% online. Many of us are thinking of our New Year's resolutions right now, and I hope that you are including on that list your own mental health and wellness. Many of the outcomes-based goals that you may be considering, such as improving your health, marriage, finances, or parenting, may have roots that are so much deeper than just checking off a goal. I know in my life, I've had so much more luck going after my goals when I have the support of a professional to help me recognize and heal my limiting beliefs and address some of the underlying causes of my struggles. I think one of the most meaningful goals you could make in 2021 is to get to know yourself better and to take care of yourself better. And I can't recommend BetterHelp enough. All you have to do to get started is go to betterhelp.com slash 3 and 30 and fill out a brief questionnaire about your needs. You'll be matched with the counselor within twenty four hours and you can be talking to them by the end of the week. Online counseling is more convenient and affordable than traditional face to face therapy, so if you think you could use a little more emotional support in twenty twenty one, go to betterhelp.com slash three thirty for ten percent off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash three and thirty. And now onto the show, here's my conversation with my friend and a fabulous life coach, Jen Conne. Jen, I'm so excited to talk to you today. Welcome to 3 and 30.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It's like a dream come true.
0: Well, goal setting can be kind of an emotional topic for women where they feel really jazzed about it, but then they also can feel really discouraged about it. What are your thoughts on goal setting in general before we dive into the takeaways?
1: Okay. When I first started out coaching, I started talking about goals a lot and I was like, I'm going to help everybody achieve all their goals. And then I realized people had all of this baggage around the word goals. Like nobody yeah. wants to even say the word goal out loud. Yes. So I kind of took a break from talking about that and I had to like come at it from a totally different angle and like figure out why everyone had so much drama about it. Mm-hmm.
0: And why, why do you think that is? Why do you have so much baggage around
1: it? Yeah, I think it's because we don't really know what a goal is or why we even set it. We set goals that are just ridiculous And then we beat ourselves up when we don't hit them. So we have this history of like setting a goal, knowing we're probably not going to achieve it and then not achieving it and then beating ourselves up, even like subtly beating ourselves up for not hitting it. And then we're like, of course, we don't want to go set another one again.
0: Totally. Yeah. And I love that you said that we don't even really know what a goal is. And I think that leads very well into your first takeaway. So why don't we just jump into that?
1: Yeah, perfect. Okay. So I want to suggest there's three reasons why we set a goal. First, to give focus to the things we're already doing. So we're running around all day doing things. We're busy all the time. And if we don't have a goal, all of that energy kind of just gets scattered. It's not going Mm -hmm. to any one thing. Mm -hmm. And that can feel really terrible. Mm. The second reason to set a goal is to get you to do something that you wouldn't normally do. There's something you want to do, and you wouldn't normally do it unless you set a goal to make it happen. Yes. And then the third one, and this is the one I think is the most important, is to establish when you're going to stop and learn from yourself. So if you set a goal and you give yourself a deadline of when it's going to happen, then you get to stop on that day and be like, okay, we hit the goal. Let's celebrate. Or we didn't hit the goal. Why didn't we? What's going on? Like from a very neutral, objective, loving, kind perspective.
0: Yes. And although I don't know how many of us actually do that.
1: Yes. That's the missing piece that all of us are missing. We set the goal and then we slam our head against the wall trying to hit it. And then we either do or we don't. And then we either just move on or we, sometimes we don't even celebrate when we do hit the goal. We're just like, well, yeah, of course I said I was going to do that. So of course I had to do it. And then we just move on.
0: Oh, absolutely. I have a good friend, Miranda Anderson, who has taught me that who said, you need to close the loop. You just move on to the next thing. There's an important component to celebrating what you've done and acknowledging it. And I just released the Flex of Gold journal this past fall. And that was a year of work in the making, getting that all together. And Miranda kept saying, So what are you going to do to celebrate? And after a few pushes, I said, okay, I'm going to have a little flex of gold party with my family tonight. And we just went to the store and we got gold candy and we got a gold glittery garland. And it was really low key, but it was fun to just acknowledge and celebrate as a family that I'd reached that goal, you know, and it's so important to do those little things along the way.
1: So important. And I think that subconsciously we don't set out to like, I'm going to use my goals to beat myself up. But that's what most of us end up doing. We're using our goals as something to prove our worth. Like I'm going to accomplish this so that then I can believe I'm a big deal. Mm. Or I'm going to accomplish this so that I can beat myself up when I don't do it. Or we also sometimes are using goals to be like, this is the source of my happiness. Like mm-hmm. once I've hit this goal, once I've achieved this, then I'm going to allow myself to be happy and think I'm successful.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: Instead of just believing that all of that's available to us right now. Right. Right.
0: So so many of us, when we set goals, we think that it's something that will make us more worthy when we achieve it or that will make us happier, but that's actually not what a goal is. A goal is these other things that you said. It's, it helps to give you focus in your life. It helps you to do something you wouldn't already be doing, and it's an opportunity to learn from yourself. That's what good goals are. That's what goals are really about, right? Perfect. Yes. And do you have any examples of a goal that you've set that has done any of those things for you in your
1: life? Yeah. A lot of the goals that I set right now are monetary goals or like finding a certain number of clients that want to work with me in my business. Mm -hmm. And that's been so fun. And I do this work with some of my clients too that are my business clients. It's fun to think about it in a dollar amount. Like I'm either going to make $1,000 this week or I'm going to learn a $1,000 lesson this week.
0: Hmm. I love it because you can't always control in the end, whether you'll actually make that money. If a client doesn't sign up with you, then that's their choice, but you can put in the time and the effort to learn a lesson that's worth a thousand dollars to you. Yeah.
1: Like why didn't I find somebody who wanted to work with me? I bet there's somebody out there who does want to work with me. Why didn't I find them? What happened from a very compassionate place? Like let's just be objective about this. What was going on that made it so that didn't happen?
0: Yes. So, so good. Do you have an example of goals that give focus to what you're already doing in your life and kind of help you constrain your efforts?
1: This is a thing I see. This is a really good one to talk about with moms. Moms are busy all the time and they're doing a lot of things, but so often they, they feel like the energy isn't focused. They feel Mm -hmm. like they're just busy all the time. And at the end of the day, they're like, what did I even accomplish? Yes. So if you have a goal, it's like, my goal is to make dinner every night this week. And then, you know, that was the thing that was important to me and I made it happen. Mm -hmm. And it also helps you to constrain and say no to things like, no, I'm actually not interested in delivering something for the bake sale tonight because I set a goal that I was going to make dinner tonight.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So important. And so when you say that it's not something to beat yourself up with if you don't hit it, so how do you reframe that? If you didn't reach your goal, how can you still feel okay about that?
1: Yeah, I said this to a client the other day. I don't want to set a goal because if I don't hit it, I'll be disappointed. And I'm Mm. like, did you know that that disappointment is optional? And it like blew her brain wide open. You can just decide at the end of the goal how you want to think about it. What is the story you want to tell yourself about that goal? And it kind of goes back to what we were saying about stopping to learn from yourself, that you can decide what is the lesson I want to learn from this. Like, if it's all just a big experiment and we're all just trying to move forward. The date for the goal to have been accomplished passes, and we just decide, what do I want to tell about this goal story, this little chunk of my life?
0: Mm, Yeah. And what did I learn about myself, and why didn't I accomplish it? And that's okay. And I can take that information to either reset that goal or tweak it or maybe see, I didn't actually really want that goal. I thought that I did, but I didn't. And that's fine. And now I'm moving on to something else.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of this goes back to when we're setting the goals in the very beginning, I think we need to really heal our expectations of what's possible. I think we tend to set goals knowing we're not going to get to all of them. And then we're kind of like, what is the thing that's possible if nothing ever goes wrong and we can get by on just a little bit less sleep and a little bit less food. And if I just like make everything perfect, then what am I capable of doing? And then that never happens, right? Like my kids have had lice this week. We've been out four days oh, of just like combing hair I'm and we've so been so sorry. It's yes, the worst. Oh. And we've been quarantined twice. It's like if you have this goal that's on this super tight, strict schedule, when those things come up, they're a huge problem. Yes. And so I think that's part of that learning of just learning to set goals that are realistic and actually achievable.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's funny. I mean, it's so ridiculously absurd when we say it out loud. Like we set goals knowing that they're impossible, but we set them anyway. (laughs)
1: Like, Why do we do that to ourselves? (laughs) Which is why I love the term like heal your expectations. It's not that we need to lower them. We need to heal something inside of us that thinks we need to push ourselves like that.
0: Yes. The idea of lowering your expectations sort of feels like I'm giving up, I'm resigning myself versus healing is like, I'm actually gaining a realization and view of what I can accomplish and that it's okay. I'm not lowering anything. I'm healing it and making it better, improving it in a way.
1: Right, right. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's so good. What's your second takeaway for us about goal setting?
1: Okay. My second takeaway is that you need to decide that you're going to achieve it. So I think it seems like maybe counterintuitive with when I'm saying you either hit it or you don't, and then you learn from yourself. That's what I want you to think after the deadline for the goal. But while you're working on the goal, I want it to be crystal clear in your mind. Like you're sure you're going to hit this goal. Hmm. And the example I think of for this is like, when I tell my kids, Hey guys, we're going to leave now. It's time to get in the car. If I'm wishy-washy about it, they don't get in the car. It doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But when I'm like, Hey guys, it's time to go put on your shoes, get in the car. It happens so much faster, right? Just that, like, this is happening. Energy has you show up in a totally different way that makes it. So things actually happen.
0: Yes. Well, and it's also a mental thing, even if the children don't change their behavior at all, even if they're slow and whatever else, when you've decided it's going to happen, you don't give up when they're being hard and not getting in the car. You just, you've already decided it's happening. And so you do it versus when you're kind of like, well, maybe we won't go after all. And as a mom, like sometimes I approach outings with them or like holiday traditions. And I'm like, we're doing this. And even if there's resistance, we're doing it. And in the end, it always ends up being fun. But on the days when I'm kind of like, well, maybe we will, maybe we won't. I just give up at the first time that they start to protest, which they will as children.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah. And so you can apply that same energy to anything that you're trying to do. I think of like, my parents have a pool. And so someone's always trying to learn to do a backflip. And it's like, if you believe you're going to do that backflip and you commit, you usually figure it out. But people who are like scared and hesitant, and I don't know if I really want to do it, they end up hurting themselves every time.
0: Yes. So how do we do this with our goals? How do we decide we're going to achieve it and live in that mindset?
1: So I think the first thing comes back to, like we were talking about healing your expectations, spend some time really thinking about what is the goal that I want to set and why do I want to set it? Not like this is the goal that everyone's setting, or this is the goal that I think I should set. What do I actually want to do? And then spend some time seeing it done, which sounds maybe a little bit like woo, but I think it really works. Like Spend time visualizing yourself as the person who has achieved the goal.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: I like to imagine, like, if somebody had like, a crystal ball or somebody time traveled and they came back and talked to me about it, about mm-hmm. my goal, and have a conversation with them. What is life like now that I've achieved this goal? What's different? How are things different for other people? How does this impact the world or my family? Mm-hmm. Just like be in the place where it's done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's so powerful to visualize it of already being there, but also for me, as someone who loves to write. Writing it down as if it's already done, like I am doing this, I am doing that, kind of envisioning my day after the goal's done has been really powerful for me. I don't do that enough, that journaling practice of writing down my life as if it's already done.
1: Yeah, I think it's a really great pra- it's a really great thing to journal on, and I love to just journal it as a conversation with my future self. There's me six months from now or a year from now who's hit the goal. What is it like, and what does she want me to know? I feel like you can get wisdom and insight from your future self.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so good. One thing that a friend of mine offered to me when I was feeling really discouraged and admitted it to her, she said that she has a mantra that she says, my success is inevitable as long as I keep going. And that's something that I've thought about a lot. If I don't give up, I will eventually succeed. It may be in a few months, a few years, maybe a decade. But if I don't give up, it's going to happen. And so I come back to that on days when there's bumps in the road. I have dips and valleys and whatever else. I just think if I keep going, my success is inevitable. And that's been really powerful for me.
1: I love that so much because I talk to so many people who are like, well, what are the odds that this is going to work? They want it to be like, there's a chance it will, and there's a chance it won't. And as long as we're focused on that, it's not going to work, right? Mm. And I think the fact that you have this idea, you have this inclination, you have this urge to go and achieve this goal is evidence that it's possible for you. And mm. so like you said, if you just keep going, it's going to happen. So any time we spend thinking about what if this will work and what if it's not even possible is time that we could just be putting energy into making it happen or allowing it to happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it is so scary for us to admit our dreams, even to ourselves. It feels almost dangerous. But what do you teach your clients about? What is the real danger in believing that you're going to do something and then it not happening?
1: Yeah, I think that that's such a fun thing to think about. Because when we think about setting a goal and we're afraid to go all in and we're afraid to commit, it's because we're afraid we're going to feel something. We're going to feel disappointed Mm -hmm. or we're going to feel shame or we're going to feel something that we don't want to feel. And it's like, we don't want things. We don't want to want things because if we don't get it, we're going to be disappointed. But like I said, you, you can just decide if you want to feel disappointed or not, or you can just feel it. And it's so interesting when you stop and think about what is a feeling, right? Disappointment, what does it even feel like? It's just kind of like this bubbly something in your chest, maybe a little tingling in your arms,
0: uh-huh. kind of a heavy feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not fun by any means, but it also doesn't kill you.
1: That's like better than like a root canal.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, depending on the heaviness, like there are some feelings that can last and last and last and can be so heavy and hard for long, long periods of time, but they will eventually pass. They will. So I think reframing that and realizing the worst thing that could happen here is a feeling like I can handle a feeling is Mm -hmm. really pretty powerful. And then the other thing is what you said about those feelings are optional, Yeah. So how do you teach that concept to your clients of, okay, you might feel disappointed and that's fine if you feel disappointed and you'll survive it. But if you don't want to feel disappointed, what can you do?
1: Yeah. So if you don't want to feel disappointed, you can totally flip the script on how you're looking at the story. I like to have people look at it like, how would you talk to a friend about this? If your friend came to you and they had this goal and they, you know, maybe they got 50% of the way there, they didn't get a hundred percent of the way there and they're feeling really disappointed how would you talk to them about this? Like you mm-hmm. wouldn't be like, Oh, you big dummy. You should have done the whole thing, which is what we tend to do to ourselves. Instead, you'd be like, Oh my gosh, so you got 50% of the way. Tell me about all the things you learned and how hard you worked and how brave you were to put yourself out there and, and try new things. And you just celebrate the 50% of the way that they got there. Yes. And that's what we have the opportunity to do for ourselves.
0: Yeah. And I feel like that is also another writing exercise that I've done at times is writing to myself as a friend would or a mentor telling me like, you're doing a really good job and here's all the ways you are. I'm giving myself that kind of motherly almost advice or wisdom because we can be so harsh to ourselves and we may not even really know it until we start writing out our thoughts and then writing out a kind response from someone we love can be really powerful.
1: I agree. And I think it's a great exercise to do along the way, right? Like we talk about stopping to learn after the goal, but all along the way, acknowledging how great you're doing and the effort and the progress.
0: Yes. Oh, It's beautiful. And then what's their third takeaway?
1: Okay. So my third takeaway is not to focus on the how, but to focus on what you're believing. So I think a lot of times we get really sucked into like, I just need a new schedule. I just need a better morning routine. I just need to find the right plan. I think about diets. I need to find the right diet that's going to help me lose this weight. Mm -hmm. But it's almost never about that. Like people lose weight on keto or they lose weight on Weight Watchers. They lose weight on like all the things, right? Mm -hmm. And the difference isn't in what they're doing. It's in how they're thinking about it and how they're feeling while they're doing it.
0: Mm. So interesting. So how do you do that for any goal you might want to do?
1: Yeah. So you set the goal and you decide what do I need to believe to become the person who achieves this goal and -hmm. how do I want to feel while I'm doing it? I like. I remember when my baby was really little, and I was really stuck in overwhelm. My most prevalent thought was, "I can't handle my life," and so I was seeing myself as a person who can't handle her life. But then I was like, "But I think this chore chart's going to fix everything. But I think this like this routine is going to fix everything." But my belief was, "I can't handle my life." And so it's like you can keep slapping these band aids on there, keep slapping action plans on, but they're never going to work unless you start to see yourself as the person who has the goal achieved.
0: Yes. You see yourself as the person who is handling her life just fine. And this reminds me of, I read Atomic Habits last year by James Clear. And he talks about how you, we think about building habits or setting goals. We think about outcomes. I will run that marathon or whatever, but he said that you need to start with your identity and that's in the middle. He says it's like an onion and the outcomes are on the outside and your identity is in the middle. And we try to set goals and change ourselves from the outside in. We think that if we reach an outcome, then our identity will slowly change. But he says, you have to change your identity first, and then that will support your changing your actions as a result. So the example that he gives in the book that I think is powerful is he says, if you want to quit smoking and somebody offers you a cigarette and you say, no, thanks, I'm trying to quit That's way different than if someone offers you a cigarette and you say, no, thanks, I'm not a smoker. And so it's like, what would I do if I am not someone that smokes, then I would not accept the cigarette, you know? And so it radiates out from the center of what you believe about yourself. And then you have small wins, small actions that reinforce this new identity that you want to have. And then that ultimately leads to the achievement of the goal. But it went from the inside out instead of the outside in, if that makes sense.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I like to think about it as like our self-concept is the foundation of everything. Yes. We build everything on how are we seeing ourselves. And it's even fun sometimes to kind of play with that work before you even set the goal. Yeah. Because if right. you're kind of seeing yourself as a small like I don't know, how just however you're seeing yourself, it's not really who you are, you'll set small goals or you'll set goals that are trying to prove something. And if you can see yourself as you really are, as the rest of the world sees you, you set better goals from that space.
0: I love that. So if women are sitting down this week, the women who are listening, they're going to sit down this week and think about 2021 and some goals that they have. What process should they take in order to set good goals that sort of have these steps in mind?
1: Yeah. So I think a great place to start is just brain dump all of your goals. Like get out a piece of paper and a pen and just write down all the things that you think you would like to do Mm -hmm. in 2021. And then spend some time thinking about why. Why do you want those goals? What's going to change if you have that goal? Where is this goal even coming from? Is it really my goal? Is it a goal that somebody else gave me? Just ask yourself some really, like almost get just really curious about where all these goals are coming from. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I really recommend just choosing one. Choose one goal at a time to really go all in on.
0: Mm. Yeah, because especially if you think about doing this deeper work where you're building a new identity and new belief about yourself around that goal and visualizing it as done, that's, it's kind of intensive work. Like you can't be doing that with 10 different things all at once. You kind of need to start with just one thing and really give it your whole heart for a while.
1: And also I just think the process of setting a goal, learning to become the person who achieves a goal and all the things you learn along the way, like this inner work will spill out into other areas of your life. So you don't need to go out and like, I'm going to fix all 100 things about myself that I don't like about me. I'm just going to pick one thing where I think I could learn this year. And that process is going to help me be better in all the areas of my life.
0: Yeah, for sure. What's that saying about like, rising tides, lift all the ships or something like that. Yes, (laughs) Yeah. I don't know the exact words, but yeah, totally. When you're working hard in one area, it raises all the ships in the harbor in your life.
1: Yeah. The way you do one thing is the way you do everything.
0: Yes. Oh, that's sad, but true. Isn't it? Sometimes. I mean, it's a sad. No, I think it's great.
1: (laughs) It's great because it means if you can just get a little bit of insight into who you are and how you do things, then you can change everything without Mm. having to go out and change everything.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's because I feel like there are definitely areas of my life where I excel work being one of them. And then I'm like, well, then why am I not excelling in other areas of my life? Like having solid routines and kind of managing my home. Mm -hmm. So when I hear you say how you do in one area, you do in another area. It doesn't feel that way for me. It feels kind of compartmentalized, but coach me a little on that.
1: Yeah. It would be really fun (laughs) to take a look at all of that. All of those, like, what are you believing about yourself when you're at work? that makes you excel at it? And how could you apply those same beliefs to the other areas of your life that you feel like you're not doing so well at? Yes. Like, what do you believe about yourself when you're at work? What is your identity when you're at work?
0: I feel like I definitely feel like I know what I'm doing. I know how to do this work. This teaching and organizing ideas has always come pretty easily to me. So I feel confident doing these things. Whereas some of the other homemaker life type stuff, hasn't come as naturally to me. And so I'm probably coming at my work from a place of like, I've got this and my other stuff from a place of, yeah, I don't really know what I'm doing here.
1: You know? Yeah. So that's a great place for you to start. Just taking a look at like, why am I believing that I don't know what I'm doing over here? Is it possible that I'm totally wrong about that? And I actually do know what I'm doing here? Mm-hmm. and adopt that same, like, how can you start to find evidence that it's true in the other areas of your life too?
0: Yeah, because like you said, if I'm doubting that I can do it and I'm coming at it from that place, it's like doing the backflip, though I'm not sure I can do it. Like, of course, you end up belly flopping.
1: Right. You know,
0: <laughs> right. so just changing that outlook. And I think also something that you said about how the traits and the things that make you successful in one area, if you can figure out how to apply them to another area. Like if I could get really clear on, well, what is it that makes me excel at work as far as like actual routines I have or practices or different things, like how do I do my work and how could I do my home in a similar way to that?
1: hmm It's also fun to look at the definition of like, what is success?
0: Uh-huh. It's
1: possible you actually are doing a really good job in the other areas of your life. You just aren't seeing it that way.
0: Yeah. And I do think that that comes down to what you talked about in your first takeaway about getting clear on defining what something is and what something is not. I feel like a lot of times I don't even know what I'm aiming for. I haven't defined what success is. And so right. then it's like, of course, it feels like you're chasing a moving target. You are. Right. Right, sitting down and writing down what would I like my home to be like and feel like? And I'm probably doing a lot better at those things than I realize, and if I'm not, at least it's not a moving target anymore. I can sort of know what I'm working towards. Well, Jen, this has been so insightful and fun to learn about goals from you. And if there are women listening who really want to dive in more to goal setting and want to do this kind of deep dive identity work and this coaching and thought process work. Tell us a little bit more about how they could get in touch with you.
1: Yeah. Come find me on Instagram. Instagram stories is my favorite place to hang out on the internet and I share a daily journal prompt there. So if you want to just come and get the journal prompt and do this work on your own, Mm. that's totally available. Or I also offer free consultations where we can come deep dive and see what's really going on for you.
0: Yeah, perfect. And we'll put your information in the show notes so that people can find you and do this work with you. And I'm so grateful for your friendship and for what you brought to my life. And thanks for sharing that on 3 30.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I love your work. I love everything you do.
0: I'm grateful to Jen for that deep dive into the inner work of goal setting. There was a lot to unpack there. And here are the key takeaways. First, know what a goal is and what it is not. A goal is not something you can use to prove your worth or give you happiness. A goal is an opportunity to focus your efforts, to try something you wouldn't normally do, and to establish a time when you'll stop and learn from yourself. Once you've clarified this purpose of goals, it no longer makes sense to beat yourself up when you don't meet a goal because its only purpose was to help you learn about yourself. And you can do that whether or not the outcome is ever reached. Second, Decide that you're going to achieve the goal and visualize it. Don't go into the goal wondering whether or not it's going to happen. Remember, your success is inevitable as long as you keep going. And a really powerful way to reinforce that belief is to visualize yourself having already achieved the goal. Or write yourself a letter from your future self explaining what life is like after your goal has been reached and all of the wisdom you learned along the way. And third and finally, when deciding on goals start with what you believe about yourself instead of fixating on your specific action plan many different plans could get you to your goal but until you get clear about what you are believing and thinking about yourself deep down it will be hard to make any of those action plans work if you would like a simple worksheet to help you work through these three takeaways with a specific goal you're considering for 2021 Make sure you're signed up for my weekly emails at podcastcom slash takeaways because I'll be sending out a worksheet this week that you can fill out that will help you take action on what you learned in this episode and make it all more concrete and specific to you. And if you're listening to this episode after the fact, the worksheet will be linked in the show notes. Friends, we can do this. We can set meaningful goals for the new year and learn from them. Whether or not we achieve them, we can learn from them. I hope you're being kind to yourself as we head into 2021, and I hope that you have a beautiful week with your
1: family.